Oh, okay. <laughs> You're listening, listening to Hold That Thought from Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Hold That Thought. I'm Claire Navarro. It's January, and many of us are still trying to stick with our New Year's resolutions for the year ahead. If you listened to our podcast from last week, you've already learned some tips for building up your willpower to help with common resolutions like avoiding unhealthy food or keeping off of social media while you're at work. But what about emotional goals? For many of us, the new year is a time to focus on improving our personal relationships or to try to start feeling less stress and anxiety and more happiness overall. In order to work on these types of goals, it can be helpful to feel like you have some control over your emotions. Psychologists call this emotion regulation. So emotion regulation is just all of the many things that we do to try to control or manage the things that we're feeling and how we're expressing what we're feeling to other people. That's Tammy English. She directs the Emotion and Relationships Laboratory here at Washington University in St. Louis. English studies emotion regulation, and in today's podcast, she's going to share some of what psychologists know about it and how different methods can affect long-term happiness. First off, though, I asked her to explain when and why people try to regulate their emotions at all. So typically when people are regulating their emotions, they're trying to either kind of downregulate or reduce their experience or expression of negative emotions like anger, sadness, or anxiety, um, or try to increase or enhance their experience of positive emotions like happiness or excitement. There are situations, however, when you'd want to increase negative emotions like anger. Let's say you're in a really competitive situation and you want to amp yourself up. And there are also situations in which you'd want to downplay positive emotions. You know, you get really giddy when you're at uh, a sad movie and you don't want to ruin it for those around you for some reason. Something just seems particularly funny to you, right? Or if you do really well on an exam, but your roommates just failed, right? It wouldn't be really nice to, to rub it in their face by celebrating how excited you are. So all of these things are examples of regulating your emotions. And there are a lot of ways that people go about doing this. We're going to mainly talk about two. The first strategy is called cognitive reappraisal. Think of this as the think on the bright side option. Cognitive reappraisal is basically when we're just trying to change the way we're thinking about something that is causing us to feel in a way we don't want to feel. So if you have an exam coming up that you're feeling really anxious about, Instead of, you know, thinking about how that this has such a huge impact on your grade, right, you may think instead that this is just one of many classes that I'm taking or one of many assignments that we have throughout the semester. So even if I don't do as well as I might ideally like to do, um, there's still, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be failing out of school or something like that. Reframing situations in this way can help stop negative emotions before they start or at least before they start to feel overwhelming. There are tons of situations, both professional and personal, in which this is a really useful skill to have. In the test example, downplaying the importance of the exam might help a person focus better while studying instead of being so worried that they can't even think straight. And in addition to being helpful in these types of specific moments, cognitive reappraisal has long-term benefits. 
cognitive reappraisal really links up well to work that's been done on happiness in general and what are the kinds of things that typically are useful for increasing happiness in the in the long term uh, and in general it seems that the best thing that you can do is really try to change your kind of everyday habits or practices in such a way that you really are trying to cultivate gratitude and be more appreciative uh, of things around you um, and so that includes doing things like reappraising um, when someone is is doing something that that would typically be you know, eliciting anger or sadness or annoyance um, or anxiety. But of course, in some situations, it's just not possible to think on the bright side. Emotions like sadness, anger, and frustration do happen, and for good reasons. In these situations, people sometimes choose to regulate their emotions through a different method, one that psychologists call expressive suppression. Think of this as the poker face option. Yeah, so expressive suppression um, is another commonly used emotion regulation strategy, which basically is just trying to hide or inhibit the expression of an emotion that you're experiencing. Like cognitive reappraisal, in some situations, this is an important skill to have. Think about if you're at work and you're really annoyed by some decision or comment that your boss just made. In that case, it might be in your best interest to hide your feelings. But unlike cognitive reappraisal, suppression doesn't actually help change the way you feel. You're still angry at your boss, you're just not showing it. And so even though this is helpful in certain situations, it might not be the best thing to do all the time. English has studied what happens when people regularly suppress their emotions. So what we found is that people that are habitually using suppression, so trying to hide their experience of emotion, have less close and less satisfying relationships with other people, both in terms of their friendships and also their romantic relationships. Um, and some of the, the work that, that I was doing is trying to look at why exactly is that. Maybe it's just difficult to feel close to someone who always seems to have their poker face on who never seems to have or at least show their emotions. Or maybe something else is going on. Maybe it has more to do with the person who is actually suppressing his or her emotions, how they feel underneath the mask. The, the idea that I've tested in some of my work is that when we're suppressing our emotions, the fact that what we're experiencing doesn't match what we're expressing, does that lead us to then feel inauthentic or not genuine in our interactions with other people? And is that what actually is causing problems? And so far, there's a lot of support for that idea, suggesting that it's not just the fact that we're not expressing emotions, it's the fact that what we're expressing isn't matching what we're feeling on the inside. And so as a result, we're feeling like we're not being our true selves in our interactions with other people, and we're feeling that other people don't really fully understand who we are and what we're thinking and feeling. With everything that we've heard so far about emotion regulation, it might be easy to think, okay, so cognitive reappraisal, or thinking on the bright side, is good for relationships and for overall happiness. Meanwhile, expressive suppression, or wearing your poker face, is bad for relationships and overall happiness. But it's really not that simple. 
part of this is really learning more about yourself. So what you need to, you know, figure out what are your own personal emotional goals. So how is it that you'd ideally like to be to be feeling? Um, what are your emotional triggers, right? So what are the things that are making you feel the ways that you want to feel and that you don't want to feel? And then, uh, you know, figuring out what are the strategies that, that work well for you. So even though cognitive reappraisal is something that's typically uh, been found to be really effective and adaptive for people to use, maybe for you it's just really hard to be to be reframing things and then instead you need to you know focus more on trying to distract yourself right or just learning what are the the things that you can do that are going to make you happier you know going on a run right or, or spending time having coffee with a friend or things like that. When in doubt, look for good examples of emotion regulation. Perhaps your parents, or grandparents, or really anyone who is older than you are. Part of English's research on emotion regulation involves older adults, and she's found that in many cases, they are really good at this. This is something that's really surprising for a lot of people. So it's called um, often the, the paradox of aging, of aging, the fact that Older adults, on the one hand, are experiencing all this cognitive decline and are experiencing, uh, you know, the loss of friends, health problems. There's kind of a lot of objectively negative things that come along with getting older. But at the same time, they're also showing maintained or even enhanced emotional well-being. And so, and so how could that be? Part of it seems to be that older adults have figured out what and who makes them truly happy. Overall, they choose to spend more of their time with close friends and family and less time with acquaintances. They also just have more practice. And um, so it seems that they really have kind of learned from these experiences that they've had over time, regulating their own emotions and seeing other people regulate their emotions to figure out you know, what their emotional triggers really are. Um, they're also really skilled at, at navigating social interactions. They're good at trying to avoid arguments in general, so kind of um, avoiding getting themselves in the situations where they're feeling things they wouldn't want to be feeling, so not having so many um, pressures on them to be having to, to regulate their emotions after the fact. So take heart in the knowledge that for many of us, we become happier and perhaps even wiser as we age. In the meantime, especially in the year ahead, simply being aware of these emotional strategies is a great place to start. In general, I think that the in terms of thinking about what does it mean to have healthy emotion regulation, I think that it's more than just having uh, avoiding strategies like suppression right all of the time it really seems like it has more to do with being flexible in the way that you're regulating your emotions knowing kind of which strategy to use in your emotion regulation toolbox in which times right so and mapping the appropriate strategies to the appropriate context or, or situations but unfortunately we don't know a lot yet about kind of what exactly the the perfect matches are or whether or not they're the same for everyone and so that's something that we're working on more now. Many thanks to Tammy English for joining Hold That Thought. For many more ideas to explore, please visit us at holdthatthought.wustl.edu. You can also subscribe to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, or keep up with the latest on Facebook and Twitter. 
Thanks for listening.